0: PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
4: Hello, this is a UK Film Review podcast. My name is Brian Penn. This coming Friday, the 29th of October, sees the release of the new Edgar Wright film, Last Night in Soho. So we're going to talk about London on film, and I have my fellow film geeks standing by, ready to wax lyrical. We have Lucy Clark,
1: hi,
4: and Ian Lunny, hello, hello. Right. So, <laughs> what is it about? What is it about London then? which makes it such a special location for filmmakers. Why is it so frequently depicted on screen? Hmm. Only New York and Paris could rival London as a film setting, arguably. Uh, so what exactly is the, tra- the attraction? Lucy, what do you reckon?
3: Well, I think that kind of London is such an interesting place because it's, it's a ginormous city that has a brilliant mishmash of cultures and different Mm. people and architecture and you know Mm. it's basically everything is in london that you would need which i mean isn't Mm. probably great for the rest of the country (laughs) but unlike other kind of um, countries there isn't this kind of separation of other cities having more importance so london is such a hub and such a like a melting pot of Different people as well. And it's traditionally been the place where, if you feel a bit kind of left out in your own community where you've grown up, London is the place for you to go and for you to kind of find where you Mm. really belong. Mm. So I think that's probably why it's being used in film, in like conventional Mm. films and then kind of Mm. unconventional film as well. It's just, you know, it is like the melting pot of uk culture i suppose
4: yeah i think that's a good point it is a cultural melting pot and also you touched on the the architecture um yeah i mean i mean london the london skyline you could just pan Mm. from east to west and it's breathtaking isn't it it'd -hmm. be difficult to get it wrong ian uh do you i mean do you think that london retains its glamour is it still romantic is it still does it still have gravitas as a city does it look impressive
2: yeah yeah totally i mean I mean, everything Lucy said there was like spot on, you know, I think it it, it is this sort of cultural hub, but I think also why it probably keeps that gravitas and it keeps that sort of like cultural iconography or or, or at least the skyline as we're discussing there is because of the history that's very interwoven with London as well. You know, it's it's historical significance throughout, you know, not just British history, but European history, Um, you know, although it's tense right now but in terms mm. of like, his relationship into uh, in the world it's always been very significant london and you know it, it throughout the medieval period all the way up to now there's stories that can be told throughout this city from its like early roots all the way to this sort of like more glamorous high skylines and i think that is why it keeps it sort of like gravitas and that is why we see something like last night in soho and there's a lot of excitement about that because i think if you look over to the states a lot of people will still know where soho is because mm. it's a very iconic place in london and a lot of people do have that and i think there is almost a romantic nature to london because of you know how it stands in the mindset of americans or europeans yeah. and so forth you know
4: yeah i think that's an interesting point though the fact that soho appears in the title when mm. they feel it's strong enough to mean something to people mm. um and it's not last night in london it's last night in soho Mm -hmm. so it it carries with it a certain mystique that you won't necessarily get from other cities um so if we move in on to particular films that we have in mind that provide a good example of a london film however Mm -hmm. we interpret it um We've got five each. So mm-hmm. let's Ian, let's start with the first one of your five. Yeah.
2: Cool. I'm excited to hear all of our five because I feel yeah. like yeah. London's been in film so much. There's so yeah. many we can pick from, which is great. Oh, of course
4: there is, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um my first number my num- my first number, my first number five. <laughs> <laughs> my, I am doing all right today, listeners, don't worry. <laughs> my my number five uh is one that I felt was a bit more like uh left field i guess um i'm sure a lot of people do know it but it shows london in a very different way to i guess the cultural hustle and bustle and more a not dystopian well it's dystopian but it's sort of like the end of the world which is uh the day the earth caught fire oh, um right. which is this amazing film i can't remember the year it came out maybe 1960s or maybe 50s yeah. but it, it, it it's this film where you know the the two superpowers of the world russia Uh, And the US uh, have set off nuclear weapons that have at the exact same time and have caused the Earth's tilt to go slightly skew with. And Mm. thus the sun is getting we're getting closer to the sun and temperatures are rising uh, and, um, you know, the world's coming to an end uh, due to it. Um, And it's based a lot in London um, and it's obviously British characters in it, like figuring out, scientists have figured out this has happened. And what I like about it, although the film does take place in other settings, the streets Mm. of London in this film are seen in a very different way because obviously the apocalypse is happening. And Mm. we have seen that before. It's not like that's something that we're not going to talk about. And I'm sure you guys have other, you know, films where we see London in a different way. But Mm. it it sort of has this real what's the word I'm looking for? Like when there's bits where people are walking through the street and they're acting as if it's boiling hot and Mm. the streets have got papers just thrown through them. And they're like, like almost like tumbleweeds through the streets. It's, it's really interesting to see London empty almost due to it. And it's really cool. It's a great film and I really recommend it. It's a gem that's lost in the sort of like, uh nineteen sixties counter anti nuclear war films. There's a lot of them in that period, like on the beach and so forth. And this one is one that I really like because it's yeah. London based, it's UK and it's really unique storytelling.
4: Yeah. I think what what it also does though is that it puts it in your mind straight away that this is London. So it puts you it puts you in the place and in that frame mm. of mind. And mm-hmm. I think London is so well, well represented on the screen it gives it that kind of strength to start with. Mm-hmm. But I think there's an amazing atmosphere about that film.
2: Yeah, totally. I think the last shot as well in the American version is a shot of... Or at least the re- theatrical release version is a shot of London um, skyline, as we talked yeah. about. I think it is London skyline, and the church bells are ringing, like St. Paul's is ringing, yeah. to say that we've saved the day. Spoilers, yeah. everybody. <laughs> but, well, yeah. the 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 other ending is a lot more depressing. So there are two yeah. endings to the film. So it's not too much of a spoiler. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's this sort of like London skyline. Um, that we were just talking about, that it places us right in the midst of London and we end knowing it's London because we've got that skyline sorry for spoiling it
4: is, is that a film you know well lucy you no i've you know
3: never well heard, like? heard of it actually
2: well you don't need to watch it now you know <laughs> <well>. <laughs> I'll,
3: I'll just like put it in my brain to forget
4: <laughs> it's, it's it's on your mental list you know it's you we planted it there lucy so, so you know, at some point in the future you're gonna think right i did that podcast with brian and in i've really got to look at this now it's the <laughs> right and moment to do it
2: told me what the ending is so
4: I <laughs> But if you'd even have time, you would have forgotten that part of it. That's the important. Hopefully, thing. hopefully, it's well, very was, good.
2: even if you know the end, it's still good. No,
4: it's it's a it's a very good film, and it's one of those sort of classic films from what I think is a great era in film. Yeah, totally like, late agree. Well, 30s. I'll try and find it,
3: so uh, and, and I'll try and forget the ending, so maybe so not yeah. watch it tonight. Forget you the
4: Forget everything Ian said about <laughs> <like> the title <laughs> of the film. The Don't whole. Film. <laughs> yeah. So Ian, what's your number four then? Oh, we're going through all of mine. Yeah, oh, of yeah,
2: sure. Okay. Uh, so my number four, we'll do it quicker. Uh, my number four is uh, another really cool one that I feel... it Maybe the, the list reflects my, like, opinions on film because there aren't very many, like... Um, Richard Curtis films on here. Uh, but oh, actually, I, yeah.
4: I can, well, yeah. I can, I've got a confession to make. Actually, oh yeah. Go on, but go, carry on. Go on.
2: <laughs> Not that I dislike. If anybody has picked that particular one, well, there's actually I two you can pick.
1: have,
2: I like both of those films. It's just they wouldn't make it into my top five. <laughs> um, right, so okay, my number well, go four. On, go
4: on then. Anyway,
2: is a again. I'm just going to say it's Attack the Block um i think
3: wow. it's wow. a really I love attack the block
2: it's such a good film it's an amazing film like it's and what i like about it is that london we always see or historically see the as you were talking about at the beginning lucy that we it is a cultural city with lots of different people who live in it and attack the block what i like about it is yeah we are seeing these high rise buildings and the lives that people live there but I like that it also isn't something like kid adulthood or adulthood where you have, like, the violent crime of London, which is an important film as well. I think it's based on London. But you know what I mean, the violent crime yeah. that can yeah. be associated. It's, it's um, gritty,
4: isn't it? It's a gritty. Exactly,
2: and they're yeah. really good. What I like about it is that these, uh, these youths of London who are usually known for crime have turned into the heroes of our story. And we get to see the, the tower block lifestyle. But in a really interesting way that allows us to enter that life in a lot more of a sci-fi action adventure, which is great. Like, so I really love Attack the Block. I think it's underrated, and uh, John Boyega is amazing in it as well.
4: Yeah, Lucy, you sound like a fan of the film as well.
3: Yeah, I am, and I feel like a lot of things that are tend to be set in kind of tower back tower blocks or anything kind of similar to council housing. It's immediately. A decision by the director to go quite miserable, yeah, and to to do a exactly. bit kind of woe is me. How difficult is yeah. working class life and all of this? But Attack of the Block was just like we're not going to bother with
2: yeah.
3: dwelling in misery that we might have just kind of created because we've immediately associated a tower block with misery, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really fun film and just so enjoyable. And it's definitely something that's hidden and people don't really yeah. know it very well, that mm-hmm. John Boyega is so, so good in good at it. Him. And I think so it really did start him. his career, actually. Oh, yeah, big time,
2: say. big time.
4: Yeah, it was a breakthrough role for him, wasn't it, really? Mm-hmm. I think, John Boyega. Uh, and I, think, yeah, I, I think... think...
2: Oh, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Sorry.
4: After you, after you, carry on. No,
2: all I was going to say is I think... You're totally right, Lucy, that, you know, you have a lot of that council housing or or tower block lifestyles. You know, another film that comes to mind, which I can't remember if it was based in London, but uh, This Is England, which is like this really gritty, oh, yeah. I think it's actually up north, isn't I it? Think I think it's think. Coventry yeah. or somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. Or yeah, it's yeah. 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 Say up north, that's because I live in London, so I'm like... <laughs> north from here i'm from yorkshire so i can i can defend that but um the 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 that sort of like gritty like lifestyle of as you say working class life in england which is 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 important to tell um what it still tackles those things in terms of like you know racism and Mm. um uh, what whatever like and poverty and you know the disparity between you know like the one of the people the characters is this really posh toffington sort of boy mm. who just smokes weed all the time and like, he's like always trying to be down with the kids and it's like really funny and they just look at him like you're an absolute loser and like I love that, and as you say, it, it does a really interesting thing of showing cultural di- like differences and diversity, but not in a gritty, depressing way. It does it in a really positive and like mm. interesting and funny and like yeah, I, I think it's great. It's such yeah. a good film. Sorry, it's,
4: <laughs> it's um, it's a, it's it's a very sort of it's quite revealing, really, in some ways because it does hit a lot of the marks. I grew up on a council mm. estate in London, not a tower block. Mm. Uh, I didn't live in a tower block, but you know, you feel that sort of degree of sort of. Um, truth that comes mm-hmm. through think, yeah this is how it felt when i was growing up mm-hmm. and I don't how think many times, times
2: did you uh, get attacked by an alien
4: <laughs> well not not that often well after a couple of bit, be- a couple of beers on a friday night who knows but um no but i think i think generally though it, it creates the the right mm-hmm. impression
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
4: that kind of intensity and that kind of enclosed feeling that mm-hmm. feeling of claustrophobia of growing, growing up on what, what is feels a bit like a cage sometimes, I think mm. on a, mm-hmm. a house. And that's what you get from attack the block. So mm-hmm. I think, I think it does work really well in that way. And it, it mm. is kind of, you could say that could represent any ma- any major city in England. It mm. could be Liverpool, Manchester, yeah, definitely. Definitely. but but it does feel distinctly London, so I, I can mm-hmm. see why you put that in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what's your number three?
2: Number yeah. three is or three is uh, actually our director that we were just mentioning, our, uh, oh, yeah. our Edgar <laughs> Wright, uh, who yeah. uh, I was very fortunate to actually be at a Q and A with this film, uh, where he was dressed up as uh, Sweeney Todd. Uh, which was great because it was near this time. And I'm very, just to slip in my weekend plans to make you all jealous, I'm mm-hmm. going to a and a again with a gripe for Last Night oh, in Soho. So wow.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> not to be, <laughs> but yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but my number three is Shaun of the Dead. Um, oh, again, right. really great, funny, hilarious film. Again, similar to Attack the Block, that it takes like the genre that it's playing in and does a little twist to it. Mm. Um, And I know it's not maybe distinctly London, but I think it shows a different aspect of like the suburbs of London, which um, is quite nice. Like you have the most storytelling happening in central London or tower blocks, or as you say, these gritty tellings. But Shaun of the Dead takes us to like it kind of because I live in Ealing. If it, if anybody knows Ealing, it's like quite a nice, quaint part of London, or if I say mm. so myself. And um, like, the, uh, Shaun of the Dead kind of places this complete horror show in the midst of this suburban lifestyle in London, which is great. I I really like Shaun of the Dead for that reason. Um, and also, it's just a great film. It's hilarious, isn't it?
4: I I think it's very mm. funny. It's an incredibly funny film, and it's very sharp, uh, mm-hmm. very bright. And I, I think. You're right, it kind of the link with London feels tenuous at times, but I, I think there's kind of a an edginess that you get of, of London type humour. This again, this is something we'll come on to a bit later on, I think, mm. about the characters instilling a sense of London into the mm-hmm. story. But I, I think I think it's a great film. it's a film yeah. that you, you never get tired of watching. You can come in on a Friday night after a few beers. And put it on. It's halfway finished, and you'll you, you'll watch it. You'll pick it up very quickly, and mm-hmm. again, and you'll enjoy it as as much as you did before. Lucy, are you a fan of Shaun of the Dead?
3: I love Shaun of the Dead. Um, yeah. I think it's been lovingly described by Edgar Wright as a. Zombie rom com <laughs> or
4: something.
2: He did say that, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I make it sound like I'm friends with him. He did say that. He did. <laughs> I may edge
4: You're um, yeah, such a name dropper, you are, aren't you? You really are. <laughs> you, i think blessed as well, I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, no, carry on, Lucy. Sorry, I've right. talked too much.
3: <laughs> I think it's such a great film, um, partly because it's just, it's, It's so rewatchable, like you said, but also you've just got brilliant characters um, that you just really want to kind of, I don't know, make sure that they're all right or they kind of get through the zombie
4: apocalypse. You care care about them, though, don't you? Yeah. I mean, mean, as comical a situation as it might be, you still care about those characters. And that's Mm -hmm. the secret of good writing and Mm -hmm. good filmmaking because you're creating characters that the audience will care about. Even I mean, I could
2: talk about Edgar Wright so much and how he's so good at creating that. You know, he's so good at, as you say, creating characters that you really want to stay with. Like, if you, either of you have watched Spaced. It's, it's so funny, and it's so good at creating characters you want to stick with.
3: Mm. I haven't seen Spaced.
2: Yep. <laughs> I recommend it. It's really good. Ooh, like, yeah. if you like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz oh well uh, World's End was good i actually really liked it but it wasn't as good as the other two um and baby driver i think you'd really really like um I check it out it's so good yeah. i think it's all on f- either netflix or channel 4 yeah. or something uh, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. yeah
4: i think channel 4 sh- shows shows them quite regularly so you oh, get it on so 4 funny demand. If,
2: if you ever watched community which i love community um the paintball episode in that which is great like they're so funny it's like space kind of did that first. Like their, oh, episode, right, okay. yeah, their episodes are really genre bending episodes, like Community was. So like their paintball episode was like a a like war film episode where somebody's like one of them's dying in the other one's arms. Because <laughs> okay, it's it hilarious. It's so well done. So yeah, if anybody likes like Shaun of the Dead and, and uh, likes Edgar Wright, definitely watch Space. I mean, he even cameos in it from time to time, which is good.
3: okay. Well, it's yeah. definitely now on on the l- growing list
2: yeah d- day the earth caught fire and uh, <laughs> um, space I won't yeah, call spaced for you we,
4: we we all have a long list Lucille of things that we yeah. need to see <laughs> and it's no longer on. all so the time on. yeah yeah so <laughs> Yeah. ian what's your number two then
2: so moving into my number two and my number one and i also if it's okay i do have an honorable mention as well if oh then. Right. if you sorry. must but my my number two i think out of all of my five films is the one that i consider the most distinctly london like my number one is just objectively probably the better film and i i think it, yeah. i prefer it to number two but number yeah. two is like The one that I feel is like a real London film. And when I was growing up, it was a film. And I think you might know what I'm about to say, Brian. It's a film that I like distinctly remember watching is The Long Good Friday. And I Ah, remember it being like, did you not expect that one?
4: no no that was yeah. one of, mine. That was oh, one of
2: yeah, mine yeah i thought it was going to be one of yours because yeah. we both have mentioned it briefly to each yeah. other before off air yeah. listeners sorry don't go back <laughs> yeah. in the previous episode <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: but it's such a good film and like there's so many elements of it that are great like the performances are amazing the storytelling's amazing but i also mm. love that like This, it's so about London because the deal that they're trying to strike is like bringing profits to London. It's it's such a good film. What is it about for somebody who
3: hasn't seen it?
2: So it's about (laughs) London mobsters, basically. Like there's this guy who played by um the late great um Bob Hoskins. Looked, Bob Hoskins. Thank you. He looks exactly like my dad. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bob Hoskins is like this gangster who's trying to strike a deal with the the American mob uh to like do big business with them basically but things have gone sour because somebody keeps attacking the London mom, like with big attacks and they're trying to figure out who's doing it. Cause it's making them oh. look bad. Um, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, so that many iconic tense. lines. Oh yeah. yeah. It's so intense. Like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I mean the yeah, last I, scene in particular to spoil it yeah. for you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> you
3: know,
4: a, I think it's an, it's an amazing film. I think um, mm. it's, it's quite violent in places. Yeah, I very mean, for violent anyone, for anyone listening, the, the language used may be offensive oh. to modern ears, but yeah, very I think much so. why you, you have to view it not as a contemporary piece, but a, as a as a, a timepiece that it that it was yeah. capturing a, mo- a, a moment in time. So it's not contemporary; <laughs> it's no. a period drama. I think that's yeah, why you definitely. have to look mm-hmm. at it.
2: Definitely, uh, that's but, a great way of describing it: period drama.
4: Yeah, so I think it, it is very London for one thing. You have got Bob Hoskins who. Mm -hmm. For many people, you ask anyone to name a London actor, they're going to say Michael Caine or Bob Hoskins.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
4: And he's brilliant as as Harold Uh, Mm Shand, Absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing. And Helen Mirren plays the wife-stroke-girlfriend. I can't remember whether they're married or not, but uh, Helen Mirren's in it as well. And Mm -hmm. what gives it an even more distinctly London edge for me is the fact that this deal they're trying to arrange with the the American Mafia is trying to finance a bid for the london olympics
2: oh that was it yes it's
4: in docklands and of course they get usurped don't they Yeah, they um, do. lucy it's an amazing film you've really, really got to check this film out i really don't oh, want has... to
2: spoil too much because it is like <laughs> no and yeah. i have a tendency to do that uh but it, no, it's really really good and yeah. it has so many great lines in it like um there's so many iconic scenes but it is just so as you say it's very distinctly london and also the journey takes us throughout london it's not like we stay like we see the docklands of london we see the airport yeah. like we initially yeah. see the beginning of the film is this big music which amazing soundtrack plane yeah. coming into land at Heathrow. it's very london like we've entered the streets of london and we yeah. see everything from like what's the hotel in it at near the end like it's a really uh, famous hotel I oh and the, it's got the it's golden it's not the yeah, Hilsen, yeah, it's, it's, it like the Hil- yeah. Hilsen, it's like again, it's a really iconic yeah. setting, and then we have the mean streets of London. Yeah, it's great. It's just really, really good,
4: L- Lucy. I would, it's... I would say it's one of the greatest British gangster movies ever made, if, if not That's the Now greatest.
3: on my, my growing list. <laughs> put put,
4: put at the top of your list.
3: Put that yeah. yeah. in the of the Daily just... Earthquake Fire yeah yeah What's yeah book's worth at this moment <laughs> <laughs> sorry lucy um,
2: so but my number one because i could talk about long good friday forever i'm not gonna lie yeah. it's my dad's favorite film so at uh, number one and i probably saw it way too early i'm not gonna lie but uh, number one uh i put what i think is probably the one of the best films that's ever been made in london and it's a very different london it's a future london of a world like that we don't no
4: exists yet
2: but is a clockwork orange which
4: oh interesting it yeah.
2: is i think it's objectively like one of the best films ever made like it's it's such a good film and like it obviously is stanley kubrick who i think is one of the best directors um and he he really like it's again it's not a film that necessarily has london at the forefront of the story it's like the forefront of the story is this gang but they're specifically in london and and it's the british sort of like systems and and it's very what's the word i'm looking for it's not quaint because it's not quaint at all it's very violent but like Mm it it has this sort of british colloquialisms and like you can see the, where their cockney slang that they're speaking has developed yeah. from initial cockney slang and like it, it is really clever and i as i say I, I i think the long good friday is my most london film because yeah. i don't think this is necessarily so london but it yeah. is probably my favorite film that's based in london i guess but
4: but also what you've got there, I think, with The Clockwork Orange is that yeah, it's not obviously a London film in that way, but it's the characters. Again, this yes. is what I, yeah. I was alluding to earlier alluding on. To. You can, yeah. You're
2: probably going to make a better point than I am, Brian, so you go ahead.
4: <laughs> you no, can well, no, 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 no. Uh, all I was going to say was <laughs> that, um, you know, you've got London characters mm. there, you mm-hmm. know. That come across more as a piece of london that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know london is it's about the people that live in, in the city the people that grow up they mm-hmm. have the colloquialisms whether they're cockneys or londoners south london north london mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of that's going on there isn't it yes. um lucy what do you think of a clockwork orange i'm going to say it's going to be on
3: my list podcast.
4: Oh, oh.
2: Sharp always have like one a breath. Shock. Yeah, Sharp inside your
3: like one... breath
2: Sharp inside your breath, guys Oh gosh. my god <laughs> I, I, I cannot even <laughs>
3: I know, and I, I just finished a masters in film as well. I just haven't found oh, That's yet. outrageous!
2: <laughs> I did a masters in film as well, and I've bloomin' seen Clockwork Orange. Come on, think... Lucy. <laughs> it's
4: it's it's how long is it? It's only half an hour, isn't it? Yeah. Or Forty-five no, minutes it's or something. An hour. <laughs> <laughs> is it or... like all an and a bit? It's not half an hour. put it in my lunch
1: break.
2: It's not oh, go. two hours. It's not two hours. Is it it's really an hour long? It's Yeah, it's like an hour, hour and a bit. sure. Oh, I'm checking it right now. Going to our oh, oracle of information okay. that is all right, that if, if No, no, if I'm it, checking it. I'm but, checking oh, it. Okay. Okay, he's checking it, Lucy. He's,
3: <laughs> he's gonna find oh. out. Orange, out. 19 Can, I, can I fit one. it into my hour lunch break? <laughs> it
2: is how long is it? It is bear with, listeners. This is great. This is real. 136 minutes
4: no so a lot yes. longer
2: <laughs> yeah. Clockwork orange. yeah clockwork orange 136 minutes is longer I than i think... thought it was
4: yeah exactly i didn't think it was that long
0: yeah well. i
2: mean you, you i think people remember obviously the gang bit a lot but yeah. you think he goes to prison doesn't he so there's like spoilers he goes to prison <laughs> <laughs>
1: spoilers <laughs> no, i yeah, be, be fair, so think you only... might have to stretch it
2: Sorry, Ian, go on. <laughs> I was going to say, that's only halfway through the film. So that's not yeah. a massive spoiler. Like, you can see that's going to happen. So, like, that's not a big spoiler.
4: But, Lucy, you're going to have to stretch that over a very long lunch. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: A French lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you just ask where you are. Just be like, I've got things to do. I, I've. <laughs> I'm a yeah, film master got, student, and yeah, I've not watched... A got <laughs> I'm here, having a, like.
3: A, like a personality crisis at the
2: moment. <laughs> I'm more, I think, off air, because I don't want to have any more gasps. I'll be too aghast. Um, <laughs> I, I need to know more films you haven't seen, because I'm shocked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've watched a lot of film. <laughs> so,
4: so, 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 so... film. Podcast. (laughs) So, Lucy, let's let's hear your five. Then, these are the the, the
3: ones that I've actually seen.
4: Good. I was going to say, Good. these would be ones
2: that you've definitely seen. So. Can we do honourable mentions after all of our lists? Is that better? I think uh, oh, okay
4: then. Yeah, we'll do that afterwards, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: We'll do it afterwards because I'm excited to hear what Lucy has seen. That's what I want <laughs> Yay! To- <laughs> I, I, sh- I shall not forget your
4: honourable mentions, though. In, yeah. no, it's, it's only the it's one, important. so don't worry. Don't worry. It's important. Don't worry. Anyway, <laughs> L- Lucy, what's, your, what's so your first one?
3: My, like, number... Well, I haven't done it in, like, an ordered list. It's just, no, like, no, random. order yeah random ones that i really like yeah, um so on. my first one that i'm going to mention is my beautiful laundrette um oh, have, have you seen that one
1: <laughs> yeah i saw that I, you,
2: know you can be aghast i haven't seen that one but i
3: have <laughs> <gasps> I'm, I'm not that <laughs>
1: <So you've
4: laughs> i i have heard of a it t- t- is, it is it's time to turn people. aren't i i know um, i shouldn't have gassed, oh my so gosh <laughs> Lucy, <laughs> that's a great film. It's a Stephen Frears film, isn't it?
3: It's a Stephen Frears film, and it's about a young... Um, let me get this right. He's a young Pakistani man living in London, mm. and he's kind of, like, at... He doesn't really know what he's doing, and he's, he's gay, but he hasn't kind of found anyone. He's living at home with his mum and dad, his dad, mm. and he, they're trying to kind of force him into a marriage, and he discovers that there is a laundrette that needs to be kind of made beautiful. So he mm. purchases mm. a laundrette and makes it look like the best laundrette I've ever seen in film. And he falls in love with Daniel Day-Lewis, who oh, awesome. this is like his first his first film. And it's really great. And for me, it feels really London because it's it feels like it's set in London, Mm. but it doesn't have that feeling that you're in such a big city. Like everybody knows everybody and there's this real sense of kind of community throughout the whole Mm. film, which is really lovely because it is mostly set on one street with this gorgeous laundrette essentially and how they try and get the community to get into the laundrette and how he basically tries to kind of continue his business of creating a beautiful laundrette. But Mm. it's absolutely lovely. It's like a kind of, Kind of heartwarming coming of age story, but it's also set against the background of Thatcher Britain. Mm. Mm. And um, Stephen Frears is actually very critical in it, with it, even though it's a bit of a kind of not exactly a rom com, but it's it's not like social realism. Mm. Um, mm. But it's so good, and I think it's such yeah. an, a great one to kind of revisit and rewatch as well.
4: It's awesome. a very good film, and it's Sounds Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis as well, isn't it?
3: Yeah, he's great. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah.
4: This sounds
2: great. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to add this to my list. This has been a, it's... I say it's been a great podcast for adding things to the list. That sounds <laughs> amazing. <laughs> We've got lists that are no, rapidly
4: growing. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. an absolutely great one.
3: Um, I,
4: I think also another point about My Beautiful Andre is that it was quite groundbreaking in some ways because it was one of mm. the first films to feature a gay relationship. Yeah, wasn't I was going to say 1985.
2: Implied. I'm, I'm yeah. reading about it as we're talking. 1985 yeah. for it to come out is crazy.
4: Like I wouldn't. S- that's. I yeah.
3: think it was like absolutely g- groundbreaking.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah,
3: definitely. I think it shook up the British film industry a bit.
4: <laughs> yeah, so, um, good. it's years it ahead of its time in that way. Yeah, very yeah. yeah. good stuff. Very good film. Again, a Channel Four film, if I remember rightly. It, yeah, that was when it Channel is. Four. Started um, to I'm finance some really excellent films.
3: Yeah, and I think it's one of the very first Channel 4 films it is. as
4: well because it, it is, is yeah. so early on. Brian, yeah. wow, busting out the knowledge, man. Uh, are you, are <laughs> you impressed? I didn't even have to check that. I just knew
3: no. that.
2: Yeah. I, 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 the fact that, yeah. checker with my phone, I don't need this phone. You're here. The fact checker is here.
3: <laughs> we don't need a fact checker.
4: <laughs> I, and you do mean facts, F-A-C-C, not, not yes, fact checker. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Yeah. Sort of check, yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. I'll go okay. with that. Yeah, great. see, what's your next one?
3: My next film is um, quite obvious, but it's Bridget Jones's Diary, which oh. I really think London is the place for rom-coms. I've not really seen any rom-coms outside yeah. of
4: London. Oh, what? What? Are you, what? Mm, uh, I think Leakless that's in Seattle.
3: true. Well, outside of London, <laughs> set in the UK. I
4: Ah, uh, yeah.
3: Sleepless <laughs> in Seattle is <was> set <laughs> well, in Seattle. Well,
4: yeah. Yeah. Well, done. well done, Lucy. That was very skillfully. Oh, that was that, like outside yeah. the UK that was yeah
3: <laughs> that was like my little asterisk <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: and yeah. Um, the reason I love Bridget Jones's diary is it's but it's basically Pride and Prejudice so mm. I love it anyway but it is it does also kind of have that very early 2000s um Young woman hustling through kind of public, public publishing and newsrooms, and it's that idea of London that I grew up with as well as a kind of place to make it and a place where you could be anything. But then also just madly fall in love with basically Mister Darcy, and I was mm. just like, wow! And it is really kind of London in that dream form.
5: Mm. And
3: even though it's quite funny, and she kind of does pretty much hate her jobs occasionally, you do really think, oh, this is what London's like. And it's a complete kind of dream like experience. But it is very kind of, this is what you think it is, especially if you grow up outside of London, then... You're just
4: fed Bridget Jones and you're just like, yeah. reality. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Richard Curtis, generally, anything he mm. does, because I, I think, I think <laughs> I, no, I, honestly, I do I, think I, he is.
2: I for my initial, I, 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 when people hear this, they'll hear me go, oh, when you said Bridget Jones.
4: <laughs> <laughs> is,
3: is, I is love it, Bridget Jones. I do as
4: well. I, <laughs> Charles, I, I think, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think it's great fun. I, I think it's, if anyone is, if anyone Writer is good at portraying characters uh, and affairs of the heart, it's is, is Richard Curtis. Mm. You know, you might feel that he, he works to a formula up to a point. I, and I know his involvement in Bridget Jones' diary wasn't quite as significant as some other films, but he was involved. In it, and it has that mark, that stamp of Richard Curtis, and that kind of very, very charming, slightly dizzy characters that we all recognise. We all know somebody like Bridget Jones. Mm-hmm. Don't do we not do, what do you think Lucy we all know yeah. someone like Bridget as I feel well, like
3: don't we? we all know somebody who's a bit kind of unlucky in love but kind of plodding along but also very comedic I just feel like Bridget Jones is that like every woman I suppose
4: mm. <laughs> well, yeah there's got if there's something you identify with then that character's worked, hasn't it, really? But, I mean, the fact that it it was based on Helen Fielding's uh, column, I think it was The Guardian, wasn't it, Mm. originally? Yeah. Um, It allowed uh, kind of a a following to build up. This was pre-social media, but, I mean, Mm. it almost worked like a, a virtual blog, didn't it? And when the film finally hit the big screen, it it did go viral. It really did yeah. go viral. In it and it's and it's a lovely film to look at. And really, I'll, be, I'll, I'll tell you here and now. I declare it here and now. I have got a Richard Curtis film in my files. <laughs>
1: I've
2: got nothing wrong with Richard Curtis. I just want to be clear. <laughs> I've got nothing wrong with it. And also, <laughs> you, I, I apologize. You want, mm. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for the ums. I re- I realize like Simone, my partner, will be like, you gotta be careful with your ums, like because I do that a lot. I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> But what what why my mm was that for Bridget Jones is because I knew one of those sort of like Richard Curtis style <laughs> films was going to come up, and I didn't expect um, Bridget Jones's Diaries to be the the one to come up first. So uh-huh. I was a bit more of a hmm uh, sort of like you oh were I didn't. Notting Hill, uh, that kind of thing. That's what I was expecting first. That, well, I didn't that's, realize. That's
4: actually another one. Of, well. Sorry. Yeah, well I, the-
2: it, I I I what I would say about Bridget Jones is I completely agree with everything you've said, Lucy, for mm-hmm. that film. And if that's what you're into, then that's going to be the perfect film. That's it's Bridget Jonesy
3: thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: like I the you know, but the your exact description of London being like this sort of like fairy tale version of London. If you're into that, then that's going to mm-hmm. be great. Like that's great. Like it is that. It's exactly that. But sometimes and perhaps it's what you're talking about, Brian, with the formulaic version that we see of that. I get a little bit mm. bored of it. It's Bridget- not that it's bad. Like yeah. Bridget Jones is a really good film, and I'm feel re- <laughs> really bad. <at> my mm. <laughs> I'm so bad because I was <laughs> so immediately did it oh, you're, you're terrible. terrible. Yeah, um, but it's more. Guilty. I hope mean, you good. I should feel guilty. I was terrible <laughs> of me. I'm so sorry. I'm not usually this oh, judgmental. Um, <laughs> but it's. I think sometimes like it's a bit too fairy taley. Like, yeah. that's the thing. I'd like, like, when she's going through all of this stuff, and like, you're going through all of it, and you're like, okay, all right. Like, she is like really lovable as a character. But in fact, the reason I London is a bit too fairy tale y for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, she's great and she's really compelling. And, you know, the performance is great too. But yeah, I, I'm, 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 that's why I did the, mm, I'm justifying myself. It's a great film. <laughs> it's really no, tr- but it is, it is uh, definitely
1: <laughs> this fairy tale. <laughs>
4: My num- my I, think, yeah, I think that is true. It, it does have a. <laughs> um, why not? Go on for your next one. Go on to your next one.
3: <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, so, my third one is going to squash all the joy that I brought with Bridget Jones' oh, diary. <laughs>
4: and it's 28 no, days later. Oh, no. <laughs> Great film. <laughs> So, Lucy's Third Choice is uh, another t- 28 days later. That's a film I've not seen, I have to confess. <gasps> are you shocked?
2: I'm aghast oh, again. Shocked.
3: Oh, I'm aghast and agog. <laughs> <laughs> we're
2: going to have no aghast by the end yeah, of this. I'm gonna be we're
3: going to be aghast. out of our aghast we're gonna, jar. <laughs> we're going to
4: run out of them, aren't we? Yeah. we it's, really a good are. film. it's a really good film. What so, makes it a great film, do you think?
3: Well, 28 Days Later is kind of set after a zombie apocalypse. But the best thing for me is that our main character, played by Killen Murphy, he's been in a coma for these past 28 days. So he wakes up in a completely deserted hospital, wanders across the embankment, and there's nobody there. It's completely deserted. There's there is plastic bags just kind of floating mm. in front of his vision. And it's absolutely beautiful, but deeply, deeply haunting because this is a London that has been completely abandoned. And he also has absolutely no idea what's happened. He doesn't know why London has been so abandoned. Why Why was there nobody in the hospital to look after him? Mm. And um, it's such an unusual take on London as well because it's not the bustling city that we're all so used to it's actually quite kind of a um, lonely and scary city precisely because there's no people Um, but I do just think it's an excellent film in general it is a zombie film but also it has such an interesting relationship with kind of religion and mm. zombies as well um which you kind of see a lot when the in the music the music is full of kind of choral music which i find is such an interesting direction to take mm. something that could just be a horror film um, so, and so there's lots of spirituality spirituality behind it as well which mm-hmm. is quite cool
4: it sounds very bleak but gripping doesn't it yeah mm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it really is like I wouldn't be surprised because one of the reasons i I really like today the Earth Cult fire is similar that you have these empty streets. It wouldn't shock me if if Danny Boyle had seen that and been like, "Oh, that's an interesting concept because, as mm. you say that those initial shots where he's walking through the like the streets and then the iconic one where he's on the bridge looking around trying mm. to see where people are it it is just like as you say, oddly beautiful but also like it's so bleak it's so bleak that everybody because you don't really know quite what's happened like with what's happened to everybody like is everybody a zombie is everybody like what's happened to everybody and it it is is masterfully done isn't it it's amazing
3: Mm. it's such a good film and it is my favorite kind of zombie film but also definitely one of my favorite films in london precisely because it is so weird Mm. the setting of london is there to make you deeply uncomfortable and um the way that the zombie epidemic or whatever the the zombie plague has occurred is um with animal experiments and it's mentioned within the film that you first heard all these rumblings in like market towns and rural places and there Mm -hmm. were protests and stuff like that and it's it says in the film that's that's not where you would expect to find those kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. things because they're such small places. And so the film could have started in a tiny kind of So um, for The Uninitiated, um, 28 Days Later is basically a zombie film, but it's from the perspective of Killian Murphy's character who has just been in a coma for 28 days and he wakes up in a hospital that is completely abandoned. There's kind of plastic... Um, scrubs left on the floor and nobody is there um, yeah. and he leaves the hospital to find a London that is completely and utterly deserted and for me that's a really haunting part of the film and it's one of the first things that you see in the film because um, instead of a bustling city that we're all very used to it's somewhere that's abandoned to the point that it's just incredibly haunting and um, he's there's a great bit where he's walking across um bridge. I think it's near St Paul's Cathedral. I'm not sure. I'm not very confident in that one. Um <laughs>
2: I think it might be the one near Parliament. I'm not yes, sure. Yes, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's just kind of wandering along and there's like plastic bags floating in his face. And there's not this hustle and bustle that he would be kind of used to. Um and the sun is rising and you're just thinking this is not the London that he mm has he he, before he had his coma um something has changed absolutely kind of immeasurably and in 28 days later the kind of zombie apocalypse originates from animal testing and
0: um hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
6: They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: It's a, it's a big point within the film that it started in small towns and small villages because this is where all the livestock was and where mm. it was getting easily spread. Um, and so they, they do say, oh, there were first whispers in small market towns and everything, which is not what you have in kind of protests. You know, cities are where you protest. So mm. I think it's really interesting that they chose, instead of setting it somewhere at the beginning of an outbreak, but setting um, this zombie film, in the Mm. middle of a deserted London, because it adds such an eerie factor to it that maybe if you were in the kind of midst of something wouldn't be so eerie, it would be quite action packed. But I do Mm -hmm. think just that image of Killian Murphy's character, just wandering across this bridge is, is deeply terrifying in a very kind of quiet way. And Mm -hmm. um, I really, really do like it, but it does offer a completely different narrative of what we expect from London. It's not, a bustling city with lots of people, and lots of characters. It's actually kind of empty from characters, mm, mm. but it is such a great film. And mm. um, definitely yeah. one of my favorite zombie it, films.
4: It's, it sounds like it sounds grim, but it's gripping, isn't it? Mm, because it, is. it plugs into probably your deepest fears. It does feel like a bad dream.
2: Yeah. That you yeah. wake
4: up from, um it's your worst possible fear isn't it it's to I, wake I, up yeah i actually had that,
2: like that nightmare when i was a kid quite a bit waking up and being the last man alive <laughs> <laughs> um, um but yeah no it is it is incredibly gripping yeah. and um i was i was saying um someone else that i think you know that uh, before actually i was saying that you know day the earth caught fire uh, I like a lot because of that emptiness that you see, and I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Boyle was watching that and wanted to pay homage to that. Yeah, template, yeah very yeah. much so. They, that, yeah. In fact, the first shots in the day Earth caught fire, yeah. the, him walking through the streets of London, it being so hot, and nobody's there because they're all inside because of the heat. Um, is sem- semi reminiscent of Cillian Murphy walking through, or Cilly Murphy walking through the streets yeah. of mm. London, and nobody being there because they're all zombies. <laughs> yeah.
4: isn't, it, isn't it interesting, though, that in the course of our discussion about London films, how often zombies have cropped up? Yeah. And mm. How often <laughs> apocalyptic visions have cropped up? It's and it's true. not what we would associate with London, normally, is it? That actually, not did <laughs> Isn't it funny though? It's strange, though, isn't it? You mm, know? It is. It is. You know, it's even so though the the context is slightly different, particularly Mm. with Shaun of the Dead. But Mm. I mean, even so it's, it's strange how you get that kind of contrast and you, I think it works better because you don't associate it with London, London. which is a bright, vibrant, bustling place. Yes. I agree. So that's why it probably works a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, So Definitely one for my list. Mm-hmm, um, definitely, I feel I feel there is an alarming gap in my film knowledge now that like, <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. No, no right. Right.
2: <laughs>
3: definitely it's a, it's a great one. <laughs> we've, all,
2: we've all shown our like uh, <laughs> yeah, we've our, 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 film. our holes. I think <laughs> yeah, my holes, yeah. my
3: film knowledge is a bit like a e down cheese. <laughs> uh, <yeah.
4: laughs> good cheese though, a good <laughs> yeah. Cheese. Absolutely, yeah. So, Lucy, <laughs> what's your next film?
3: My next one is, uh, you know, as we said, that twenty eight days later is completely void of. Mm. this bustling city well my my next one is a bit more um kind of community and character-led and it's mike lee's happy-go-lucky oh. um have you guys ever seen happy-go-lucky or
2: i do you know what i haven't but again so you can aghast to that as well <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> um it's a film that i have heard is great like yeah. really really good like when it came out it i remember it getting like really good reviews Mm. Uh, and it was like I was quite young at the time but I remember just seeing posters for it everywhere like and it got like really 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 good reviews so yeah no it's one I've been
4: meaning to watch yeah um um, sorry Sorry. (laughs) sorry sorry Lucy after you
3: um no um Happy Go Lucky is a great film and it's about um a primary school teacher called Poppy who is played by Sally Hawkins and Sally Hawkins gives such a brilliant vibrant portrayal of this this woman that I, it's just such a difficult film not to like, mm. but it's not. It's also not really a film about London. It's just set in London, but it just has a really community-led vibe, I suppose. Mm. Um, so she's this young woman called Poppy who really loves her job and is so bubbly and so kind of full of this joie de vivre and enthusiasm and deep belief in people. But she isn't kind of naive at the same time but she's just always very kind of always looking on the bright side of life, that kind of thing. And then she meets, um, well, she's got to learn how to drive because um, her bike gets stolen. And that's her way to get to the school every day. So she decides that this is going to be, she's 30. It's going to be the year that she learns how to drive. And she meets Eddie Marsden's character, who is absolutely miserable is quite um pessimistic slightly misogynistic and he's quite just really abrasive to her and she turns up in these high heel boots to learn how to drive and he's just like oh stupid woman that kind of thing um but she is just such a ray of sunshine that she does try and tame him and kind of calm him down without even really trying um Mm. and It's this relationship between them, but also just parts of her life, really, in her 30th year um, of just living in London. But it feels very kind of joyous at the same time and happy. It's a very happy-go-lucky film. What can I say?
4: (laughs) That's what it says on the tin. I I, I saw the film a long time ago when it first came out, but I I think it's a lovely film. I I think Sally Hawkins is great Mm. in it. I think she's, to me even though you wouldn't say it's automatically a London film, she portrays a London character. Mm, very, very, yeah, sort of chirp, yeah. very chirpy, down-to-earth, well-grounded. What they often associate with a Cockney and East Ender, you know. I like that. And also Mike Lee is such a good director. He, he is I,
3: absolutely fantastic. I,
4: I like his approach to filmmaking because he never gives actors a script necessarily. He gives them an outline, right? He's very big on improvisation. And it, it's all sort the of more impressive, where actors are obviously investing more in the character than they normally mm. would, mm. where they're not just being given a script that they learn, right? Yeah. And it really shows in Whiteley's films. I, I mean,
3: Happy-Go-Lucky is a brilliant example because it is just yeah. a great kind of character study of Poppy mm. more than a plot where everything is contrived to make sure that certain things happen, whereas this is just kind of like a year in her life. like. Yeah. The, the important thing is her learning to drive, but yeah. by by the middle of the plot, middle of the film, that bit of yeah. the plot isn't so important. It's just about her. You just want to watch it for her, which yeah. I think is really endearing.
4: But mm. yeah, I mean, it's it's real. It's mm. it's about us. It's about who we are as people, I think. And it's the type of film that we in Britain make particularly well. Mm. I mean, the, the Americans will, will make... They're equivalent, <laughs> they're equivalent to a film like ours, but it doesn't have that kind of humanity about it. It doesn't mm. have that kind of warm glow about it, you know? And I, I think it's something we're very good at doing. I mean, the Americans can make the, the flashy blockbusters, but we can make good films, gritty films, honest films about life. Yeah, exactly. about yeah That we yeah, know, definitely. people that we are, and people that we're close to. Mm. And well, I that so it,
2: no totally brian i was just gonna say i think that's so true that i think you look at american like films if we even mentioned before so like lucy was saying about like r- rom-coms being in london um and i know your pref you know your asterisk was it being you know in the uk yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like there is so i said sleepless in seattle and you've got mail and stuff like that um But the the way or when Harry met Sally, another good one. But when there's uh, there's there's almost like I think, um, oh, what's his face? Stephen Fry said that you know the way in which American comedy and the way that American like identity is developed over history is like this sort of like you know we're always we can get it you know America we're the best you know we're you know that frontier spirit you know manifest destiny America and British sort of humor slash storytelling is far more pessimistic so not pessimistic in a negative way but it's more like if you have an american who's like the main character who's like this amazing person who gets stuff done the british film will be probably about his friend who constantly watches Mm -hmm. him get stuff done and being like oh i I wish I was like that guy you know and that mm. story's more interesting than you know this like high-flying sort of like you know like like you've got mail you know Tom Hanks is playing like an owner of a book company and like you know it, he's this huge millionaire sort of person whereas our films I haven't seen Happy Go Lucky but you know it feels more down to earth and grounded yeah. you know well, kind it's of like... fresh yeah yeah so I, I totally agree with you, Brian. You know yeah. that's that is it, there is a yeah. real difference between American storytelling comedy, just generally, um, than our storytelling, and I prefer ours. I'm not going to lie. You know, there's yeah, amazing no, films I out do. there, but I prefer ours. Yeah.
4: No, I think I think I do as well <laughs> yeah. because it's relatable. Mm. It's something. So yeah, keyword you, you get you understand a lot better, and you know we can be entertained in very many ways in lots of different levels, but you know. If we see part of us, you know, the way we live our lives, mm. we can relate to that. And that becomes a more fulfilling experience when you watch a film rather mm-hmm. than just watch cars being blown up or yeah
1: you know,
4: or whatever it happens to be so yeah a, a lovely film a film that needs to be watched and a type of film that really that should get a lot more attention than it yeah. actually did yeah i need to watch this is what no, it's, it it's, it's just my list
3: it would just put a smile on your face it's yeah. just a lovely lovely film but without being um kind contrived? of contrite or yeah, yeah kind of sickly
4: <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. Okay, so one more to come from you, I think. Lucy. So
3: my final film does play into the slightly Hollywood version of America, right. um, <laughs> but I really do think that if you're a child and you're into musicals, this might mm. be one of the first. Ooh, films. I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> it's not Mary It's um, My Fair Lady
4: ah oh, oh, wow. right okay yeah
2: great yeah, film i love it, I I love it. A, yeah
3: a boomerang there yeah
2: well no i like mary poppins too but i was i was good my fair lady's a great film yeah i
3: love my fair lady um i don't really like mary poppins <laughs> at all i think yeah. i think the penguins freaked me out in mary poppins <laughs> um, <as a> child. <laughs> um, but my fair lady is one of my favorite films it's basically mm. um kind of a musical version of pygmalion which mm. um follows a linguist wanting to remould a poor cockney girl flower girl into a high society lady and um in the film the eliza doolittle character is played by audrey hepburn mm-hmm. um and it's just absolutely great the songs are fabulous and it's just a great yeah. film but also it's yeah. probably just filmed on a sound sound stage yeah. it's not actually filmed in london proper <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> But, it, but it's a representation of London, mm. though, isn't it? I, I think that's what you sometimes get is that, yes, you can use the locations, you can place something in London geographically, you put it there, or you can recreate it on stage. But it, in My Fair Lady, it doesn't seem any less real. No, really. no.
3: it seems like that, that is the – you do get that kind of bustle of people because a lot of the film is set in kind of Covent Garden yeah, um, because that's where um, – I can't remember his name. He finds, he finds Eliza Doolittle um, selling her flowers in um, Covent Garden.
1: Yeah.
3: And you get this kind of bustle of people and all these people coming and selling and kind of that busyness. And then he takes her away from that environment and tries to kind of re-sculpt yeah. her in a but, posher area of London.
4: <laughs> but you're right, though, Lucy, the songs are amazing. The, mm. you know, For a musical, if a musical has one showstopper, it's doing well. But um, my fair lady is full of showstoppers. Mm. Mm-hmm. It has Every
3: showstopper so- after showstopper. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um Ian, what do you what do you think of uh, my fair oh, lady?
2: I think it. I think f- for the same reasons. Like, it's not one of my sort of like um, top films for for London necessarily. Mm. Um, but that that's sort of similar to my number one, which was Clockwork Orange. It's not necessarily about <laughs> London. It's the story that it's telling about these people. And my fair lady is exceedingly charming, and mm. it's so. And as we said, the the musical is amazing. Uh, the musical numbers, is, I should say, are fantastic. Um, yeah, I just think it's one of those quintessential sort of like films that you see when you're growing up, and yeah. you have a nice time watching it, and it's like very romanticized mm. in your head, but not in a way that you go back to and go, "Oh, this isn't as good." This, as
3: I This remember. is rubbish. This isn't <laughs> realistic.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean, I went. I've seen it subsequently when I've been older, and it's still like as charming Mm. as I remember it. It, And and that's the key word for me. It's a charming film, you know.
4: I I, I think, I I mean, sorry, sorry, Lucy, after you, Lucy, sorry. (laughs) And and
3: I suppose because it's a story ultimately about transformation, like can Mm. Eliza Doolittle become posh and proper, and so I think the setting of London is absolutely perfect because this is a city that is constantly transforming and mm. recreating itself. What, so... what
2: I would say, though, is she doesn't have to be prim and p- proper. She can, she, she can, she be, can exactly. be cockney can... if she wants to be. She doesn't
4: need to be brought up to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she doesn't well, need to well, stay uh, the rain on stage. <laughs> I, I, I love the way Audrey Hepburn played the character, anyway. You yeah. uh, know, yeah, I'm a good girl. I am. It was almost yeah. like an exaggerated yeah. cockney. Accent, yeah, yeah but yeah. but they, they made to do it like that but you you can't sort of i mean i've seen the stage show i've seen the film countless mm. times and you can't help but feel warm and fuzzy as a result yeah. of seeing yeah. it. it just yeah. ma- it's a feel good movie. And it's also, just, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it, 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 you, you can't help but infuse about it. And mm. also, for a musical, it's got the benefit of a strong storyline. Pygmalion's yes. a great story. Mm. Yeah, it's really great. And that's, that's a, an exception for any musical, I think, mm-hmm. to have a strong storyline. Mm-hmm. I actually thought, Lucy, you were going to mention Oliver.
2: That's ooh. what I thought. That, and I'm,
4: yeah, I'm I could. I'm a
2: fan of Oliver. That's why I was like, ooh, I know. When I was saying it,
3: I was thinking, oh, I could have mentioned Oliver as well. Yeah. Maybe yeah. musicals and London are just yeah. two things that come yeah. together naturally. I, I
4: yes. think that's yeah. I think that. I think that's another podcast in the making. Right? It <laughs> is perhaps <laughs> London musicals. London
2: musicals. <laughs> <laughs> we could do Sweeney Todd as well. Yeah, that's I, another good one. Yeah. Oh, a lot we could do. Oh, we we'll could. have to think about. We'll like think. I, I like. I don't dislike Oliver. That i it's not my favorite musical. That's why when. You went, oh, London. I was like, oh, it's going to be like (laughs) urchins and like, oh, weed, you know, cockle sparrow and that sort of thing. I'm like, Oliver gets on my nerves a little bit because maybe because I was a kid and I think there was a school production that was yeah. Oliver. So maybe that I have deep rooted hatred for it because of that. But, <laughs> but, but uh, it's, it's fine. Well, I just, when, uh, you, when, I, when you said, oh, it's a musical, I was like, oh, she's going to say Oliver. And I'm not the fond of that. <laughs> no, I turned the tables
3: and actually said my fan AD.
2: She's lovely.
4: Like, bit it's such a, cur- a lovely one. <laughs> bit of a curveball there. You've got a bit of a curveball, can you? Um, so I suppose sure, it's you
2: Sure, the most important ones, the, the oracles information.
4: Well, I mean, well, one of them we've already discussed, obviously, because yeah. about the Long Good Friday. Um, Wait, I'm not which gonna... number was
2: the Long Good Friday? Well, I, I
4: was going to say I don't think I'd necessarily put them in any particular That's order, cool. but no worries. But but Long Good Friday would be near the top, I think, Fair. if I was going to place them in order. Hmm. Um, but the other four I've chosen. Um, the First one, uh, again, maybe one that might surprise some of you: Fever Pitch. Now this hmm. is a film starring Colin Firth from Ruth Gemmell, okay, based on the best-selling novel by Nick Hornby, and this is autobiographical. It's basically a true story of a guy who is an Arsenal supporter and no. <laughs> uses the club. <laughs> yeah, I know. We look, look Ian. We should get to
2: football here. This is the right know. place. <laughs> I
4: know. It's an arsenal. It's purely coincidental. Right? Okay.
2: Fact, okay. I'll let it. That go.
4: You're a, the fact you're a Spurs supporter, and I'm talking about <laughs> parents of <that> Sports Arsenal, <laughs> purely coincidental. Really. Uh, honestly. I'm but sure. It, but what, it, what is great about this film, though, is that it, it's basically true. It's a true story. It's also biographical mm. and it's really telling um, Nick Hornby's story as he grows up, mm. um, and he uses the club as a surrogate parent, really, because huh. it it kind of witnesses he witnesses his parents being divorced, mm. and that one way he built bridges with his family or particularly his father was that he st- his dad started taking him football oh. and his dad played by t- uh, Neil Pearson suddenly realizes that he's created a monster here that <laughs> he's created a football fan and not a son right and I just think and it funs him through to, to adulthood and that's where Colin Firth comes in Ruth Gamble plays his girlfriend and it's, it's such a sweet film because it shows, one, what a comfort football is to him, for one thing. But it also shows the influence that the game has on people that are closest to him. Mm. So he gradually turns his girlfriend, his best mate, his mum... He's died. all his friends, they all become Arsenal supporters. Right? <laughs>
3: Infecting and, everybody.
4: Yeah, it just infects everyone with the same spirit. I think, right, this, this matters to us, right? And it culminates in 1989 when Arsenal played Liverpool. Now, Lucy, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the history of the I am
3: not familiar
4: with right. the football well, <laughs> that doesn't mean to say you won't enjoy it though, obviously. You, I mean I take it you've never seen it have you ever seen it I've not seen it but I I've have seen About seen it, a Boy either. which yeah. is also another uh, Nick Hornby film yeah, so right. I don't know how but you will enjoy this right because it shows how it brings people together basically so the film culminates in 1989 when Arsenal are playing Liverpool final game of the season they need to win by two clear goals right I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end. <laughs> because anyone listening who is a football fan and was old enough to remember the Aces will know what happened. But it's more about um, the effects it has on the people that that mean that mean the most to him, because they want to be like him. They want to, They get closer to him by being a football fan, and that's what the game can do. And it's hmm. it's well acted. It's about London because it's about Arsenal. It's about <laughs> a major football club in London. So <laughs> it assumes that status. You, I mean, you could, I suppose, really theoretically, you could take that story just in the same way that High Fidelity, mm. another Nick Hornby oh, story, went High to America, Fidelity. didn't it? Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't based in North London. So you could theoretically take um, Fever Pitch and put it in Liverpool, yep, Manchester, that's true. But, but it works because... We know this is the team that Nick Hornby supported. He actually lived, literally opposite the ground. Mm. So it's a tale of obsession, but of, of something that sees him through the, through rough patches in life. Whether that tells you something about that person, says mm. right, well, that's pretty desperate. He needs a football club to keep to keep afloat. But it, but it's just well written. It's interesting. Really it's well written. It's well observed. And it's it's a lovely watch. And it sounds really
3: really interesting.
4: Yeah, Yeah. Lucy, I I mean, you don't need to be a football fan; it pretty helps. I
3: mean, I really enjoy *Bend It Like Beckham*.
2: So, (laughs) that's such a good film. I love *Bend It Like Beckham*. Yeah, Um, so I totally am going to watch that because I know people. I I know people who have a similar thing with my sports and my loves in life. They get closer by enjoying, and vice versa. I'm not, you know, as obsessive as over uh, Spurs, but because uh, we're terrible but um the um it, it you do get closer with people by learning their wants and their their likes yeah. of their teams and yeah. stuff like that so this sounds quite charming you know i'm definitely yeah. no, interested it is. in watching that
4: it's a good film so it's another one to go on the list if you haven't seen <laughs> it on it's on the list <laughs> it's on the list it's on the list okay my next film um is um Right, well, let's do this one. <laughs> it's Notting Hill. Yeah, uh, love- oh, it was, coming, Hill. It was and- coming. I actually yeah. like Notting Hill. <laughs> I love
3: Notting Hill.
1: Sorry, it's Lucy, all right. Yeah. On- <laughs> it's okay.
2: Yeah, it has an amazing scene in it when he's walking through and the seasons are changing. That's great. That's an amazing scene, right?
4: Uh, I think it's beautifully shot, though. You know, <laughs> some films capture London so well. Mm. And those scenes in Portobello Road, Just frame London and you think, God, that's London at its best. It just feels so good. And you think, you know, it almost feels like um, um, a commercial for London. You know, come to London.
2: That's a good way of describing it. Because I was going to say, I used to work in Notting Hill. It's not that nice.
4: (laughs) They will always portray it at its best though. And whilst the story itself is fanciful, you know, how often do, do you bump into a Hollywood actress and fall in love with her? And, oh, okay. you know,
2: Just around Notting Hill, mate. It happens all the time. I don't, I don't yeah. know what to tell
4: you. <laughs> I'm obviously living in the wrong part of town. And, oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, but no, look, the, the point is, I, I like films that have a strong storyline. Yes, it's a rom-com, affairs of the heart. You know, it puts you in a certain frame of mind. Um, but I like stories about relationships and how they develop. But mm, You too. But because um, it's got Notting Hill in the title for for a start, but it it just paints a very nice visual picture of London. You know, it, you think, great, that looks great. It's a place where I'd like to live. And that's where the transitions between the seasons. And he's walking through the market. That is brilliant. Mm. The way oh up.
2: yeah, that is that is an amazing shot like that. Yeah. Like it's a film, I of all Richard Curtis's films, like. Just to be clear, I don't like Richard Curtis as a director generally. Like, I think his films have become very contrived and very like formulaic and well, thus quite boring.
4: Yeah, about uh, time. About time was like that wasn't Oh, it.
2: About time and like yeah. f- f- the bloody boat one. I don't know. They're all they the they, they yeah. I'd, but but. F- but, Four weddings but... and a funeral, great, and so's Notting Hill. Like they're both like the two that I go right. This is they're they're both very charming and like fun and like funny films that you can get very invested in and like yeah. you know you've got it's... Hugh Grant bumbling mm-hmm. around and being positively. Yeah, being Grant, I'm, Grant, I'm, I'm being uh, Hugh Grant, isn't uh, 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 Hugh Grant, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and um,
4: like <laughs> he does though, doesn't he? That's like, yeah. he does in most of his films. That's his shtick, though, isn't it? That's what he does.
2: I think I prefer Notting Hill to Four Weddings and a Funeral,
4: I think. Because they're Uh, quite similar. But I like Notting Hill i mean i like them all actually i mean lucy i where, am, where
3: am put- massive richard curtis fan i'm so yeah. sorry
4: lucy I'm so
2: sorry. <laughs> it's,
3: it's, it's something that really, it really ails me
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna just have to like slip away you know like that meme of homer going into the bush the <laughs> yeah. that's me right now i'm just gonna go into the bush and i'll be gone until
4: the next film
3: <laughs> No, um, about time is one of my favorite films um mm. Ooh. Here we
4: are. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. It's all right. Just, it's okay. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. I just think it brings joy. <laughs> and sometimes things have to bring joy.
4: Um, but I'd say one thing about uh, about time is that Donald Gleeson is a ginger Hugh Grant, isn't he? Mm. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know?
3: <laughs> He's found it's he's yeah. a Hugh Grant replacement.
4: But, but, you know, and you look at the other films that Bob that McGleeson's made, it's just nothing like anything like Hugh Grant. I mean, Hugh Grant's not like Hugh Grant anymore. He, really? yeah.
3: This kind of 90s Hugh Grant is not the yeah. same as
4: Hugh oh. Grant actual. Sorry, Hugh, Grant, really Hugh Grant in The, in the Gentleman. <laughs> Hugh Grant in The Gentleman, for example.
2: Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh very Grant in
3: Paddington too.
2: Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, Hugh Grant in uh, Paddington. Or Hugh Grant in that blooming Cloud Atlas. Yeah, that was weird. Anybody watch that? That (laughs) I I can't remember Hugh
3: Grant in Cloud Atlas. He is.
2: He is. It's really weird. It's really. I mean, Cloud Atlas is a bit of a weird film anyway, and it's. I I didn't really like it, but um, the Hugh Grant is both like this business mogul and then a cannibal in the future oh don't, wow. it's, it's just weird it's I really I weird
3: that out of my memory to be it's honest it's a really
4: weird and not great film that oh, uh, <laughs> i've not not seen that uh, that's one that's not going go to go <laughs> on it's not getting
3: on the board. <laughs> What's
4: so, your next one, bro? my next one is right okay i i felt i had to ch- films about london Right, mm. I felt I had to choose one film that featured Michael Caine. Now, I think Ooh. I think we we discussed this very briefly, yes. didn't we, in previously? Yeah. And I felt I had to select one film by Michael featuring Michael Caine simply because he was the the first discernible London actor mm. to become an international film star using his own accent and his own persona. Mm-hmm. Right, and the, the one that I've gone for is the Epcrest File. Oh, yes, yes. Now, this was one of his <laughs> early hits. Now, he played a, a spy, Harry Palmer, who in many ways was kind of like the the the, um, the rough-and-ready version of, of James Bond in some ways. Mm-hmm. He w- he was more like you would think a secret agent would behave. Mm-hmm. And it's set in London. It's counter-espionage. Um, Harry Palmer's trying to deal with bureaucrats within his own team to try and get to the bottom of this brainwashing plot Mm. involving British scientists. Now, um, it sounds like you've seen it, Ian. Yeah, great. I have not
3: seen it. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm doing my predictable thing.
4: Yeah, this is is one of his early hits, really, because this was 1965. Mm. So it was only his second big film. Yeah. he made Zulu in 63, 64 and the Ipcrest file came straight afterwards Yeah, and Harry Palmer was a durable character because he went on to make another two films
1: mm-hmm.
4: with Palmer, he, he made Funeral in, in Berlin and Billion Dollar Brain as well mm-hmm. and so it's a durable character that works but to me it again it features London very strongly it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's about London and mm-hmm. you've got some great shots of London in the, in the mid 60s when mm-hmm. London seemed to be the centre of the universe, Swing 60s. It was all happening in London. Mm-hmm. And there's something very stylish visually about the way it looks, mm-hmm. the way he behaves. He, he's, he feels more like a regular guy who's doing an extraordinary job, yeah. an unusual job, an unnatural job. Um, yes, yeah, very f-
1: good. Very so good. for
4: me, it, it's it's a great film about London, but it's a great mm-hmm. film about a London character.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It's Very a really, good. really great film. Uh, and, so, uh, I think you know... similar to. Sorry, no, I was just going to say it had. I I can't think of a. I thought you were going to say, but I couldn't remember if it was based in London. But I thought you were going to say Get Carter. I couldn't remember if it was. Get
4: Carter was, yeah, was partially based in London, but it was mm. based up north as well. But when you said the
2: Ipcrest file, I was like, yeah, that's more of a London film.
4: Yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. And it's bearing in mind he went to America in the early 70s. He made uh, six or seven films that I still love even now, like The Italian Job, and Ipcrest file, uh, mm. Funeral in Berlin, mm-hmm. Zulu. Um, great films. Mm-hmm. That films that were probably in terms of real quality were better than, than he made I mean Kane always makes a big deal out mm-hmm. of saying that you know he never turned anything down He you know he he hadn't made a film for 10 years and he thought mm-hmm. right once I've got the break I'm going to accept everything and you mm. can see that he didn't turn anything down because he yeah. did make some turkeys <laughs> Lucy are you Are you, Lucy, are you a big Michael Kane fan? I
3: have seen like a few of his like later stuff like yeah. um Oh, it, there was something, I can't remember what it's called, something Harry, old, like Old Harry or something, where he plays oh, like a Harry pensioner. Yeah, oh, Harry Yeah, oh, Harry Brown. Brown. Yeah, oh, Brown. and I think it was really, really great. Yeah. But I haven't kind of dipped into the beginning of his career so much. Yeah. Um, but I think I should definitely explore that because that yeah. sounds so interesting. It's I think, really I think.
4: yeah, I think the, bearing in mind that he, I think he made his first film in 1954, I think a heel in career, mm. and didn't get. He did lots of TV and stage work, but he didn't make another film for ten years, and that was mm. Zulu, mm. and that was his big break. Where he didn't get the part that he was up for because he mm. was going to play Hook, the the working class character. When he got the part of uh, Bromhead, who was the 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 toff, mm. and. It's funny to like, think that,
2: isn't it? Yeah, it's mm. ironic,
4: really, when you think that you couldn't get more London than, than Michael Caine. But <laughs> I, I, I think it's, it was an exciting time for uh, filmmakers and actors in London in the 60s, where you mm. had all these great actors breaking through from the working classes. We mm. spoke with original accents, not just Michael Caine, mm. but you had Terence Stamp, you mm. had Richard Harris, Albert Finney. Um, it was a great time for working-class actors, to break through and think, right, when we're, we're not gonna be somebody else, we're gonna be who we are. We're gonna speak with our own regional accents. And for me, the Ipcrest file kind of was at the vanguard. Mm. It 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 kind of led the way really for other actors not not to have to be someone else. And also I see another great thing about Michael Kane making it as an accent and other working class actors doing it as well. Was that you never got after that you never got middle-class actors trying to play Cockneys anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you, somebody like John Mills, for example, Richard Attenborough, Stuart Granger, all fine actors, wonderful actors, love them, they're great actors, but they broke through at a time when working-class actors wouldn't be employed, mm. so they got the parts of Cockneys doing the worst accents <laughs> you've ever heard in your entire life. You know, called Blind McGovern, there's a funny thing in them. <laughs> ha- I don't know whether you remember or not, Harry, Harry Enfield. Um, yeah, I remember Harry Enfield. Had a character that, that did that. It was all in black and white and he sent Mr. up. Mr.
2: Chumley-Warner, wasn't
4: it? Mr. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Chumley-Warner. It's the same thing.
2: I love Mr. And Chumley-Warner. That's
4: worth checking out, actually, on Yeah, YouTube. it's very uh, funny. It's very but, funny. But he, he built a character on that where you've got middle class actors playing working class characters yeah. and you think, how on earth did they get away with it for as long as they did? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I've gone off at a bit of a tangent. I hope you, <laughs> I hope you both don't mind. It was um, a fascinating um, tangent. Though. Oh, that's <laughs> good. That's the main thing. I love that you brought up Mr. Chumley-Warner. That's great. Uh, yeah, I know. Again, <laughs> another, put- another, put- another put- potential <laughs> podcast. Another potential. <laughs> yeah. My final film, now <laughs> this might surprise you. We've mentioned it, but we mentioned the second one. I've gone for Paddington, the first one. <gasps> Oh yes. <laughs> I, I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, I mean Paddington 2 didn't quite do it as much for me, but yeah. I, th- I think the impact of the first one, uh, because it's it's beautiful. It just yeah, looks it's lovely, so beautiful. It? It's enchanting, it's lovable. Mm-hmm. You you could watch it over and over again. It's the type of film that you, you watch it and you think I could start that again and watch it. Yeah, Yeah. you can just start Uh, them
3: from the beginning. Yeah,
4: rewatch them. And the way London looks in Paddington, uh, Paddington Station, Primrose Hill, where Mm. where the the home is, uh, it looks lovely. It just Mm -hmm. looks wonderful. And again, as we touched on earlier on, it's um, it's it's almost like a tourist advert. Mm-hmm. Really, it really is. And if mm-hmm. you go to Paddington Station, you've got all these representations of Paddington Bear. You've got a Paddington yeah, Bear shop, mm. and it's oh, it's just so cute, and it's so yeah. British. It's yeah. so incredibly mm. British, even though Paddington's Peruvian. <laughs> We're well, not going to worry I, about that, are we? I
2: I like that because it encourages our multiculturalism that we it have here. You know? that's, <laughs> what, that's uh, what's good about this country.
4: I like it. I love it. I like it. Ian, I re- I'll yep. I'll write that down. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll use that if you don't mind. Please do. Please do. <laughs> um, Ian, you mentioned an honourable mention. Uh, yeah,
2: I guess mine brings the mood down a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, cause no. Paddington's, Paddington's such a bringing lovely the mood away
3: from Paddington. I know, yeah.
2: and it's like, but it does link us back to last night in soho i guess because it's far more of that vein than paddington um but there's a very a very obscure film from um 70s i think and it was like one of these shock horror films that actually kind of sunk the director's career which is a shame because like he he's really very like um oh it's 60s actually damn i got that completely wrong uh but michael powell was the director in the film's peeping tom oh yeah 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 it is it is really really horrific and particularly for the 1960s like I think it's one of those things that probably brought in more codes for what can be shown but it it's really gritty and nasty and like it, and it's based on the streets of Soho so it yeah. kind of links back to obviously what we're talking about, but it was one that I wanted to put on my list but struggled to because i was like right wow, there's so many great films i love attack the block and it actually was between this or attack the block if i'm honest um and i just i wanted to mention it because i was like it's one that i think is very about london and you have it on the streets of london and almost like this serial killer reminiscent of um oh my lord oh. As a history Jack
1: student, thank you. As a history student, yeah, yeah. I should be. Ashamed.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna just leave. Um, <laughs> but very, very reminiscent of Jack the Ripper, this serial killer killing people in the way that they are. It's really good. And if nobody's seen it, I hope you both have, but if, if nobody's seen it, that's fine too, because it is a weird, obscure
4: sort of like All horror right. film. But I All totally right. recommend it. Yeah, I would as well. I've seen it, Mm. and it is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And for bearing in mind, it was made in nineteen sixty. Bang on sixty. Nineteen sixty. Yeah. I mean, that was years ahead of its time. So far, years and years ahead of its
2: time. Yeah, yeah. So far,
4: it almost feels modern in in, in a strange way. It feels modern. Totally. In the way, way couldn't agree more. And it's it's one of those films that, that again that deserves. A much wider audience but it, it's mm. kind of very niche it's the type of thing that you would see at the bfi yes. yeah yeah yeah, isn't yeah it?
2: totally. well it's it's considered like the ground mark of slasher films mm. like yeah. without this you probably wouldn't have yeah. you know films that in the in the in the year, month that we're in of halloween we wouldn't have halloween or scream or jason and and friday the 13th or or nightmare on elm street without this Because it's so, like, as you say, so far ahead of its time. It's crazy when you watch it and you go, this was 1960. As I said, when I introduced it, I thought it was the 70s. Because I was like, this is 1960. Like, it's crazy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But the sad thing is, I think it ended Michael Powers' career. It did. did. That's why I
2: said it. It crushed his career, uh, which is such a shame because he was like even his films before that are like mm. amazing feats of cinema
3: I think they're completely different I haven't I haven't actually seen Peeping Tom in fairness but I've just read a lot about it I've just mm-hmm. I just found these really cool articles and I think they were comparing Peeping Tom and Psycho Yeah but yeah, I, I, I can't quite remember because they came out roughly yeah. the same time
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah that, same year wasn't it yeah. Psycho so. was 1960 yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so
3: I think it was Psycho this article was comparing it it was like, it was interesting how Psycho really helped um Hitchcock's career And Peeping Tom completely sunk owls. I I think it's just interesting
2: having seen both, and maybe Brian, you 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 may agree or disagree. I think Peeping Tom is like viscerally like brutal. Like it's it's like it's not like it's like blood and guts and so forth, but it's really like because you you're so in the eye of the killer Mm. that you it, it you're almost like forced to be in their feet and their steps and. It's really unsettling. Whereas yeah. Psycho, you have that initial and iconic moment in Psycho, mm. but after that moment, I mean, I don't think you have as many like brutal scenes as that. Yeah. After I that, think,
4: I think in Psycho, I, it's a good comparison actually. But in yeah. Psycho, I think in some ways the viewer is insulated yeah. from the what because one yeah. thing Hitchcock was very good at was that he'd leave a lot in your mind. He wouldn't necessarily put it on screen. Mm-hmm. Right, a, mm-hmm. a lot of it he would leave in your imagination, and yes. that's that's where he was very clever. But you see, I think Peeping Tom, there's did, nothing was, to the imagination, yeah. is there, man? <laughs> it, it's very uncomfortable. It confronts you straight mm. away, and it and it holds you in that position. Mm. So it's that type of film that doesn't leave, give you any leeway. I think Hitchcock with Psycho, I think he was a bit more subtle, mm. and he he kind of he kind of worked your. Your psyche a bit more
2: definitely, but, definitely. But I think great it, films but for very different but, reasons yeah for
4: different reasons they are great films and that's a, a good spot you know and I, th- I think it's I think it was in colour as well wasn't it
2: it was it, it, it's really visceral I mean when I first watched it it actually made me feel like really uncomfortable and yeah, I yeah, felt it's, it's like that... yeah I didn't feel good after watching that yeah. I was like Jesus this is yeah. really intense bit, <laughs> um, of, but yeah but it's like... good
4: yeah, a film like that makes you watch, but it, it kinda makes you watch for unexpected reasons. Mm. Because because it's not like it doesn't make you laugh, but it, it's it holds you there and it, it takes you to an uncomfortable place
1: mm-hmm.
4: where mm-hmm. where where you, you do feel mm-hmm. negative emotions, you feel mm-hmm. fear and you but feel it would- uncomfortable and f- you know it, it was one
2: uh, that I fought to mention just because of how much it happens in London like yeah. it being Soho but I'm sorry that it's not a
4: happy ending like Paddington no. I, know, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I I know obviously, obviously you should have mentioned it earlier on I should like, have I, was I, like, I, should, <laughs> I should have diversity, should I <laughs> and
3: then we can finish on the uplift of Paddington but now it's serial
4: killers in <laughs> Soho last,
2: last night in Soho is a horror film so it's cool it links back well,
4: I, mean, I, I mean I'm looking forward Forward to seeing uh, last night in Sloan Me too. It, I mean the, we you just hope. I mean it's, it's Edgar Wright, and you know he's a good director. Mm-hmm. And good directors act like a guarantee, don't they? Mm-hmm. You th- mm-hmm. you, in your own mind you think he's got to be good, it's Edgar Wright. Yeah, I uh, don't um, time will tell. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll look forward to hearing more about the uh the QA that you went to. Then. Yeah, yeah. So tell Edgar we said hi. Well, I'll
2: specifically be like my friends Brian and Lucy said hello. And he'll be like,
4: What? <laughs> but, but at least you've mentioned him to us exactly is at least he him? knows
3: who we are he knows if
4: who we are the Seeds. then he'll, he'll be like he'll, yeah. if I need a
2: Brian and a Lucy I know where to go
4: yeah <laughs> you might even mention the podcast that we. we
2: uh, do you know what I will probably do that I will definitely now you've said it I'm like yeah, yeah of course I will I'll get up for my Q&A and be like <laughs> hi this is Ian from uh, UK Film Review Podcast <laughs> and uh, I'm here to ask you this and
4: be like sorry what <laughs> yeah I know but you, you, you've got it out there you've got it yep. out there Ian it's 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 in his mindset. We just have to wait now. Part of you see See what see what um. <laughs> anyway, look. I hate to bring this to a close, but I think we we need to. It's been um, lovely. I'm not going to lie. I've really enjoyed time, it.
1: Yeah.
4: I've really really enjoyed this. It's been great, and it's it's taken us into some really interesting areas uh, of London life um, mm-hmm. as much as anything else, and it, mm-hmm. it shows how dynamic uh, London still is. Both you know, as far as depicting a film goes, but also featuring um, in a, in film. So, so long may it continue. I mean, I'm very biased because I am a Londoner born and bred, but I mean, setting aside that obvious bias, I think London has, has got so much to offer for, for, for filmmakers. Um, and it's as much about the characters as it is the locations. Mm-hmm. So long may it continue. Indeed. Mm, yeah. But um, it's been brilliant. I've loved this. Um, Thank you for listening. Please join us again. (laughs) And thank you to my co-stars, Lucy Clark and Ian Lunny. Thank Thank you very very much, Brian. Great time. Thank you for hosting. It's been lovely. Pleasure. Please take care of yourself and stay well. Bye for now.